Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Please be seated. Do you have goals? Perhaps at the beginning of each calendar year, you write down some goals. Perhaps when you know you have some free time on the horizon, like the supposedly peaceful summer months, you might make some goals. Perhaps at your workplace, your supervisor during an annual review, I know I do this with the staff at the chapel, works with you on some goals for the next 12 months. Perhaps you and your friends, as the cool kids say, have squad goals. I once attended a retreat where the leader asked us to create a BHAG, a big, hairy, audacious goal, a life goal, a bucket list item, something you can only dream about when you lie awake in the middle of the night. Jesus has goals. Today's gospel is taken from the ninth chapter of Luke, and Jesus has accomplished much thus far. He was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. He has called the apostles. He heals many. He preaches the Beatitudes and tells many parables. He feeds the 5,000 and hikes up the mountain to be transfigured. Jesus has been busy. But today he sets his face towards Jerusalem. His passion Death and resurrection are still chapters away, but the time has come to get serious, to get to getness. Jesus narrows his focus on one goal, the greatest goal, the salvation of humanity. And as disciples of Jesus, we are called to go too. I once heard a delightful commencement address where near the conclusion, the speaker said to the graduates, at this point in my remarks, I would traditionally offer you a charge. So here it goes. Charge. In other words, go. Do it. Make a difference. Declare peace. Tell the poor, the disfavored, the forgotten, the lost, the lonely, the disenfranchised, that the kingdom of God is near. That was Jesus' instructions to the first disciples, and those are his instructions to us today. But how do we do this? How do we accomplish our goals? Do we make a list? I very much enjoy making a to-do list. Do you take your list and stick it on the fridge? Do you post it online so friends and acquaintances can hold you accountable? Do you set reminders on your particular electronic device? 
Do you hire a coach to motivate you on your journey? There are many ways we can organize ourselves, to organize our goals in our contemporary life. We can also turn to Scripture. While each Sunday we read little snippets of the Gospel and other readings, they can provide, and these can provide good lessons and beautiful glimpses of the holy taken in on their own. But much greater meanings can be gleaned if we read much larger swaths of a text or a book in its entirety. That being said, immediately following today's gospel is the mission of the 70, the sending of not only the apostles, but 70 disciples, folks like you and me, into the world to do God's work. Jesus says the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick who are there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But how do we do the same in our world? How do we mirror the disciples and satisfy these audacious goals? We want to be moved by Scripture. We want to be good disciples. We want to charge out into the world and do amazing things. We want to make a difference in an angry, tumultuous, and profoundly sad world. But the demands of our lives can seem like molasses, and we are stuck in a big pile of the same old routine. Your goals seem nice, O oh God, but I have no idea where to start. We can start with today's gospel, and three methods can be gleaned from Christ's words. First, be clear about your goal. Jesus says, follow me. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Your goal doesn't have to be big and hairy. It can be attractive and clean-shaven. But be clear and decisive. I'm going to volunteer for this ministry. I am going to agree to lead this ministry. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to sit down with my budget and figure out how I can pledge to the church. I'm going to speak up when I see injustice. I'm going to change my life. And in doing so, I will change the world. If you think God isn't serious about the immediacy of our spiritual goals, remember our Old Testament reading. Elijah is nearing the end of his great career as a prophet in Israel. And so as a final act, Elijah taps Elisha to be his successor. Elisha is a farmer, but he leaves his farming in the middle of plowing to do the Lord's work. And in honor of his new call, Elisha takes his yoke of oxen and slaughters them. Using the equipment from the oxen, he cooked their flesh and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he set out and followed Elijah and became his servant. In other words, we have here, in celebration of Elisha's new ministry, the first barbecue of the Bible. Who said ministry isn't fun? Second, we need to remove the clutter from our lives. 
Much has been made of Maria Kondo's best-selling book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, The Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing. We certainly, as 21st century suburban Americans, have a lot of stuff, perhaps too much stuff, and a little decluttering could do us some good. Now, God may, be not, may not be calling you to sell everything and give your money to the poor, like St. Francis, but all of us could live simply. Jesus says this morning, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And finally, remember that your goal must be rooted in love. When Jesus and his friends begin to move towards Jerusalem, they enter a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Power and violence are not tools used to accomplish God's goals, but love is. In Paul's letter to the Galatians this morning, he said, For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Or as John wrote in his first letter, Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Or, as our presiding bishop said to a young British couple a year or so ago, Imagine a world where love is the way. What are your goals? How do your goals mesh with God's goals? How do your goals help you be a better disciple? There is much to do. So let us begin. Amen.